Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Veteran Minority Podcast, episode six. I want to thank you all for chilling with me for these past five episodes or so and supporting, man, the listens. I've been seeing, um, you know, you guys have been listening and I'm happy for that. It makes me excited and I'm excited to be engaging people. With that being said, we are now on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, SoundCloud and Spotify. All the major distributors. So I know one of y'all. I know all y'all that listen got one of them. Got one of them. So subscribe to the podcast, especially if you've been messing with it and you like what you're hearing and you like in the direction I'm growing in. Mess with it. Like once again, we're on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Yeah, that's the major one. iTunes. Not to mention YouTube as well. You know what I'm saying? You can find me on YouTube. And we're just trying to grow, man. We're just trying to grow and get the information and develop the content. So I appreciate everybody that's been rocking since the beginning. We're back here with uh, Miss Jojo. She's back in the building for this week's episode. Hi, how is everyone doing? We got a lot of heavy topics. We got some heavy topics we're probably going to talk to tonight. Maybe it's not so heavy, but depending on how your sensibilities are aligned, you might be, you know, a little shaken up by what we're talking about tonight because it's going to get deep. Okay. But before we get into that. We're going to get into some entertainment Just gossip. for those of you just who are Nonsense. wondering, just who, <laughs> or who've been keeping up with social media like Twitter and everything like that, yeah. I think everyone's been seeing this whole Cardi B business and Offset. I don't really like getting into it because I feel like it's a little ratchet. And It is ratchet, but it's fun. Sure, it's if fun. you want to call it that. It but is. in seeing all of this, um, I'm just like, man. So Cardi B was performing... She was, first of all, she's the first woman to perform uh, Rolling, Rolling Loud, I believe. Yeah, it's Rolling Loud. She's the headlining. She was the headliner. She was the first woman, so she was, you know, making history. Uh, apparently, Offset came and interrupted her Not set. apparently. Not apparently. Okay. It's <laughs> factual that Offset came, interrupted before she even began with a sorry, with flowers, and so forth. And I've been hearing a lot of people say, oh, it was so sweet of him to do that. He just wants his woman back. But I think it was rude. I don't care what anyone says. It was rude. It was really, really rude. And perhaps his intentions were there, and that's fine. But it was just disrespectful. Because first of all, if you really cared about your wife and you were truly trying to get her back, you'd have waited till after she finished her show and maybe greeted her when she was walking off the stage. This woman's here. She's making history. She was trying to have a good show. And, um... I say apparently for this, though, because there were a lot of, I, you know, I read the comments so that I could have, you know, something to chat about. And a lot of people say, oh, she gave him the business. I watched a little video, yada, yada. And she looked thoroughly upset. Like, she was telling him, like, you know, get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> I'd have been pissed my own self. I'd have caused a scene. I'd have slapped him. Get the fuck off the stage. So what you, about it being set up? Do you believe that it was orchestrated? By on, at least on Offset's part, and they share the same publicist. So it's possible. Well, it's, it's very possible. Okay, so, you know. But if if... Well, first of all, if you did that, they share the same publicist? Yeah, I think so, yeah. They well, that's such garbage. Matter of fact, I'm, yeah, they share the same publicist. We should separate business and pleasure, but anyways. It, uh, well, their whole relation might be a ruse. Who knows? But anyways, if this all was genuine, I can't get into the what ifs and the, the who's it's and whatnot. That's what, but you said that you didn't like it. You said I don't that it like was it. I, it. It was, it was rude. rude. Because it was I do time. believe that it was her time. And because she's a woman. That's it? Because she's no, a woman it's because and it was, she was her time. She, it was her time. She's there making money and history. And he should have waited till after because you are apologizing and it's supposed to be oh so sorry. I do believe that he had good intentions, yes. But I think that he just went about it the wrong way. So I'm not knocking him for trying. Like he was a man 
if this is how if this was his only way of being uh vulnerable and it's how he went about it then that's cool but you were still wrong and you need to learn better god forbid there be a next time but i mean know. that's cool i mean there's nothing wrong with that having that opinion the only issue that i have is when people start getting into how it's toxic masculinity and uh, i don't really Cardi know about B was that. harassed yeah. and i'm like yo man i because i personally don't believe that it she had a, a child with him it's not harassment this isn't some some stranger she met out on the subway who just wanted her phone number like that's this true. is a whole husband so for people talking about toss, toxic masculinity and I think it was him being a little bit uh, ignorant towards the fact that, like, this is my wife's night to shine. Let me step back for a second. There's been enough, you know, hoopla around me cheating and all that. So let me not interrupt her show that she's headlining as a woman for the first time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he said he embarrassed her in public, so he got to get her back in public. Okay, it could have been in public after the show, after she performed, because she had to get her mind right. You know, you go perform, I'm sure you have to, you know, get your whole aura, your chi, and your chakras aligned. And then you go fucking it up, just walking on stage (laughs) with foolishness. I I mean, foolishness? See, that's why I disagree with people. Like I said, I disagree with the whole hyper, I'm not hyper, but the toxic masculinity talk you know the, the this dude. I don't know his name. George Johnson, I think. Who are you on, talking about? George Johnson on Twitter. He basically was saying like, "Oh, this." He's a black man. He was like, "Oh, this is Offset is 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 showing his toxic masculinity." Okay, first he's of all, harassed, what is your definition harassing. of toxic masculinity? My definition of toxic masculinity is a man who is unable to accept the answer no. Is unable to, um. I mean, he beats a woman, obviously. Uh, he, you know, sexually abuses or he takes sexual advantage of a woman. A lot of there's a lot of different there's a lot of different examples of toxic toxic masculinity. I don't think this was toxic masculinity because these are people who live their lives publicly. So they, I don't want to sound like this, but any publicity is good publicity, man. Like you, if you honestly think the offset just snuck up on stage and didn't have any other prior approval or prior orchestration you're a fool because it's not that easy it's not that easy to just rush up on stage maybe in the 1960s it was mm-hmm. you can't just get to an artist like that even if you're offset mm-hmm. so offset was there and somebody somebody maybe not cardi b somebody knew that he was going to be there so i mean i don't i'm not really getting involved in all this because i think it's just emotional triggered emotional bullshit like i think it's a bunch of dudes and women out there that are just like oh just hopping on anything it's just anything mm-hmm. you know what i mean a man comes out there yeah he, he dogged her out publicly or whatever this is a very public thing and it's playing out publicly so let it play out publicly why are you getting all in with your toxic toxic masculinity they're trying to get a come up mm-hmm. and i'm not on that i'm not here for that you know what i'm saying so okay okay yeah that, i mean my definition of toxic masculinity because i do believe toxic masculinity it exists it's a real thing okay you know and we see it Almost every day in like news blotters and stuff like that, we see it. So it's not like there aren't real examples of it. I just don't think that's an example of it. Uh, I agree because the definition here by what I'm reading is stereotypically masculine gender roles that restrict the kinds of emotions allowable for boys and men to express, including social expectations and men seek to be dominant. Yeah. I don't Uh, think anything about nothing about offsets showing up on stage with cake and cards was toxic masculinity. It may have been arrogant. It may have been narcissistic. There's a lot of other things you could call it, but it's not Ignorant. toxic masculinity. Ignorant, okay. Stupid, but it's not toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? And, and they, people apply that concept that, to a lot of different word, stuff. Yeah. yeah, that phrase, that 
it's been using it's been being used a lot lately and it seems that no yeah. one really knows what it is seriously and they yeah. just slinging it around exactly and just like rape and rape culture is being used around everybody that gets charged with you know grabbing a woman on the ass is all of a sudden a rapist mm-hmm. it's like well no he is a sexual assault he's a sexual violator under the laws of the land but he's not a rapist there's a clear distinction and when you name somebody a rapist they need to have done what you said and that's just my main thing like everybody was calling kodak black a rapist like i think last week or whatever in mm-hmm. the news and i just was looking at it and i'm like well the man never been convicted of rape so factually thing, speaking you're wrong um i'm sorry i was gonna say my thing is if you weren't there or you have no close ties to it, you really should mind your business either way because there's yeah. a lot of cases where Men are falsely convicted of rape, or women do lie. So I feel as though if you weren't there for the occasion, to have your opinions, talk yeah. it in private, and then leave it at that. But I think taking it to social media and just causing hell for other people when they already have shit to deal with is that's just beyond me. Yeah, especially like you like you said when you don't know when you don't know like I don't know I don't know that he didn't rape that girl, mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to say that he I'm not also yeah. trying to call him a rapist on the internet either. Yeah, I'm so not trying to surrender his name. Like, yeah, I'm so. sure he's, you know, going through a lot on his own, and he doesn't need my input. <laughs> For real. Whether he did it or not, he's going through a lot. Yep. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, man, that, that's a lot of uh, some more bullshit, mm-hmm. I would say. <laughs> just social media, emotionally, like, people who get triggered just snapping out bullshit. Oh, it's about women. It's not really about women, though. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't... There's lots of women that get abused. There's lots of people that get sexually abused. Like that's one thing I have about the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about, I guess, it's about sexual abuse for women specifically. I thought it was about sexual assault, rape, period. Because I'm pretty sure Terry Crews was part of this Me Too movement. Yeah, yes, but I saw was. a headline the other day, and I read the article um, about the Vatican Church, like the Catholic Church, like over 500 accusers. So it's like I don't understand why there's outrage about. Allegedly, some Hollywood producer raping a woman, you know, Bill Cosby, various others. But when the Catholic Church, who we all rely on religion very heavily, most of us anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and those of you that are Catholic out there that are listening, you know, you you, you trust your child. You, you expect the church to be a safe place and it's not. So I, I don't know. I don't see the outrage for that. I don't see the outrage for a lot of things. I didn't see the outrage for Brett Kavanaugh as much as I saw for Bill Cosby either. But that's another, that was another episode for another day. Listen, out in Mississippi, uh, I think it's Sardis, Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken. Sardis? I don't know. I think that's the name of it. Look it up real quick. I think. Anyways, not- okay, so in Mississippi, there's a Christmas parade. And the person who is the Grand Marshal, I guess that's the person in the parade, you know, that's been, you know, being given praise or what have you. It's this white man. He was accused of... Raping and oh, sexually touching a kid for sexual pleasures, like, and it was like a fact that he actually did it, was convicted of it, but he mm. got a fine, he paid it. Mm. But apparently, this man has a lot of money, so what he did was, um, he gave a lot of money back to the town, it was a very small town in Mississippi, and so they made him like the little grand marshal of their Christmas parade. Like, you know, having this man around all their children and he knowingly sexual harass somebody. Exactly. And there's no social media movement for that. And the thing is, like, these people are. For the town that's okay. so I've never been to this part of Mississippi, but apparently it's very small. So you would imagine it's very religion based because it's a Christmas parade. So they center it all around Jesus and stuff like that. 
And I'm almost fairly certain that Jesus would not have wanted this man. Uh, well, it's, not even, it's not even about Jesus. Okay, if you want to look at it like that and be like, oh, Jesus wouldn't have wanted it. You have to think, the people, I just want to know, if we're going to be outraged about sexual assault mm-hmm. or sexual or rape, we have to be outraged about it, in my opinion. And I know it's easy to sit back on your butt and just commentate and and talk about what you see in society and, and not really engage in it yourself. And, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to do that, but I am doing that. Because I feel like this, um, if you if sexual assault is your thing and it happens to women and you realize it happens to women, wouldn't you be even more triggered that it happens to little kids? Yeah. And, and small people who don't have the ability to protect themselves from the law or they're, sick, they're even more man. intimidated by adults and men around them. I don't know. I'm just confused on the sexual assault thing seems to be very concentrated on white women in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I don't I'm not really fooling with it because I have my own opinions. On, I think it's a witch hunt. I don't think it's about anything but just getting paper. I don't mm-hmm. think it's about legitimate, um, some of it, most of it. Mm-hmm. There may be some individuals in there that want their case heard and they, they're trying to uh, get justice to get closure. But most of it seems like a money grab to me because these people are settling at a court for millions of millions of dollars. Like these these women's, quote unquote, women's rights groups are getting millions and millions of dollars, mm-hmm. um, especially like from the Les Moonves. That was one that recently, Les Moonves, the dude that was accused of sexual assault out in CBS, he had he's had to give up 20 million of his of 120 million dollar severance package and 20 million of it went to like 18 different organizations so like this is about money man like you know mm. what i mean and i'm just cool ever since bill cosby went down for i just been kind of like whatever i i, I understand that mm-hmm. which is a great transition because the me too movement has been come, trying to come into hip-hop recently and i've been very much like man come on dog like hip-hop has his has his people that do bullshit and they should go to jail and they do go to jail mystical tupac and you know what I'm saying you can argue uh six here half a dozen other of whether they're guilty or not but at the end of the day is if they're charged with it they go with it, they give with it and i didn't like it was an article of buzzfeed came out and they basically were saying that how hip-hop needs to be examined more we need to examine i'm like you could call hip-hop a lot of things but i don't know if you could call it like upholding rape culture i know they might sound like a lot coming from me but i feel like yes hip-hop may be very chauvinistic about women mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying may, there's a lot of woman uh what is a womanizing going on in the hip-hop community but rape i'm not sure and every time there is an element of rape or what could be accused rape the rappers get called out for it yeah like when rick ross a couple years ago said he put molly all in her drink and she enjoyed that she know it you know what i'm talking about the the uno the mm. UA, the uneo or yeah whatever. yeah he's like i put molly all in her drink she ain't even know it mm-hmm. he was getting on him like our ads dropped him everything so no trust me hip-hop is well policed the government the police in every city, you know what I'm saying? Everybody keeps a good eye on the black men with money. Mm-hmm. We don't need any pro sexual trying to, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it'll get ugly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that a lot of, I'm not saying that to defend rappers who might have committed sexual violence. I'm saying that as just an attack on more black men. That's just my opinion. Hip hop, yeah, is it perfect? No. But one thing I tell you, if you listen to any rap song, ain't nobody condoning raping any woman on that song. Mm-hmm. You feel me? They a lot of times they're kicking that. Yo, if you ain't want to roll with me, then you could back up off it because I'm getting so much women on the side. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But I saw that too, and I was like, here they come. They're coming for the brothers, man. Full fledged. Like they just going to have a bunch of rap artists and black men locked up in jail for sexual assault while these white men pay their lawyers and. No, why probation. these white men pay $400 fees for raping the man? Listen, I heard some story about this white dude, Baylor University, I believe. Yeah, raped Baylor's some got girl, a crazy left her on the crazy. street, like in her vomit. 
like and just got what is it a four hundred dollar bail if yeah. I'm not mistaken like it's crazy like it's Brock crazy. like your boy Brock Turner he raped the white girl yeah, that he raped dude. out there in uh he, they were on Stanford Palo Alto he raped her and my man got three months because the judge said that you know he didn't want it to affect his life I'm like well la dee da. Ain't that what about it? What the fuck did she get? You I'm know sure what I'm she didn't want it to affect her life, but yet here we are. Like for real, not, and for me, for me, it's not even that because yes, I come at it from a human aspect, but I also come from like man, brothers are going down for this every day, every day. Don't nobody brothers care about are going our lives. down for less every day, every day, and don't nobody less. care. No, but no judge is looking at a young black man and being like, oh well, you, you can't have a, let it affect your yeah, life. You, you didn't get you helped. Ain't none of that. Ain't yeah. none of that at all. Yeah, nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying we, you have a bright future ahead of you, and so we're just going to give you a slap on the wrist. What black man, what man, for the mo- I'm going to even say this, what man you know for real that got charged with rape, actually did it, and spent three months in jail? Like, that was bizarre, and that taught me a lot about America, but we'll get into that later. Um, in the past, though, I spoke very briefly about a statement that Will I Am made about hip-hop culture. Um, more specifically, he made the statement about rap music. And he said that he was worried about the future of the culture because it was the lowest hanging fruit. I addressed this on a, on, a, on, a, on a previous podcast. I addressed it on a previous podcast. And um, I'm, I want to bring it back up because at first I thought I didn't agree with him. Because I was like, nah, rap is in a good place. You know, we got young rappers that's holding true to the culture. You know what I'm saying? Holding it down and respecting the craft of what it means to be an MC and... What it means to represent hip hop all together, not just be a rapper or what you think a rapper is. Um, and I thought about it more and I thought about what Jay-Z has. Said. I was listening to an interview and this was a while ago, but Jay-Z has said something that all of our other music genres lost their integrity. And when they lost their integrity, that's when they die. And he was saying, as long as hip hop keeps its integrity, hip hop will be alive. Rap music will be alive as long as it keeps its integrity. So. At first, when Will I Am said what he said about hip hop being the lowest hanging fruit, and that he's worried about the future, I'm like, no, 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 no. We got young dudes. We got Joey Badass. We got, uh, uh, man, who else? Kodak Black. I feel we got dudes that's gonna bring the culture into another generation of young rappers that can be like, yo, I grew up listening to Kodak. I grew up listening to Joey Badass. I grew up listening to, um, name somebody. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of them around what age group? Just any rapper, young rapper out there doing it. Lil Baby and Gunna. I like them. I think okay. there's J. a lot of rappers. Cole Kendrick, that's what you mean? Yeah, J. Cole Kendrick too. That's those are yeah, those are the elder states. I'm talking about the young dudes, but I just feel like this. I just always felt that yes, there's always going to be bullshit rap, but there's always going to be real rap. But where I begin to change my stance on it is when I see what are people paying attention to. See, that's the key. And I know, I guess there will always be a cult following of listeners that are always going to absor- absorb the real stuff but it's like jazz you know what i'm saying i don't want to one day get on itunes and see a bunch of white rappers and no black rappers and all the black rappers are in you know what i'm saying their their city you know at their local you know music lounge rapping rap lyrics. i don't want that i want rap to be a black art form that black people can carry on and innovate we that we can carry on and innovate um and like used to progress in the future i don't because want it's rightfully ours well, it's not even that it's right no it's not even about it rightfully being ours it's just about just having an industry that we built and that we could f- feed our kids off of perpetually because when i ours. when i look at hollywood when i look at hollywood the, the jews the white people that built hollywood they built hollywood and and they didn't they haven't let any 
black people come in and be tastemakers or shift the culture. They haven't allowed that. Now, to their point, they control Hollywood a lot more than we control rap, but a lot of rappers do have their own labels now. So that's why I said, but, but, to get, but back to what I was trying to say, why be, I'm starting to wonder about the future of hip-hop from the simple fact that who are people paying attention to? Who are the, you know what I'm saying? Who are the eyes on? Back in the 90s, the eyes was on Tupac. The eyes was on Biggie. That was cool for the culture because whether Tupac and Biggie, while they had their faults, they were still good, good representatives and ambassadors for what hip-hop means. You know what I'm saying? The moment hip-hop, the moment black young black males are not pushing hip-hop forward, that's the moment it's going to die. And that's not any disrespect to white rappers. Not only did they push hip-hop forward, but they pushed the black culture forward in a positive way. So they yeah, are very pro- just black people they were pro like you know getting the kids education up that, it's not even know, about that see i don't know what jay-z meant because i didn't obviously i don't know him and i never got to sit down and talk to him about what he meant but when i think when you say lose his integrity the art of rap is storytelling mm-hmm. that's really what it's about and it's also about battling too that's another art form that's another aspect to i'm saying art form. another aspect to hip-hop is battling so what i'm saying is when like i said when the black male is not the forefront of, of rap music anymore pushing it forward that's when it'll die because it's our energy it's our stories that creates the jewelry that slick rick war that now you know what i'm saying young rappers little yachty and all in my ice style mm-hmm. it's the pain that created the passion in tupac's lyrics you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. and white people very few i mean you got your yellow wolves and some of the white dudes but they're not it just doesn't translate the same mm-hmm. very few white rappers come on, let's be honest eminem's pain translated through but he was white he also was white so when I said, like I said, when black artists are not driving the culture forward, that's when we truly know that it's dead, and we're getting to that point. And that's why I honestly do. I can honestly say that I've become 180 on what Will I Am was talking about because I see it now. Kids are paying attention to Lil Xan, Takashi Six Nine got the number one hit, and yeah, while Joey Badass and them are doing their thing, they're not like you know what I'm saying. That's not what Joey Badass is not as ridiculous looking as some of these other rappers you know what I'm saying so he's not commanding the attention yeah he's got the MC thing and he's kicking his rhymes and he's he's putting it on for purists like me but what about the people that that don't really listen to that because like I think I was listening to uh, a long time ago I was watching another interview with Lil Uzi Vert and he was like yo man I don't listen to Biggie and Tupac man like and somebody tried to play him a beat from the 90s he was like man like where's the rest of the beat like it's just drums and they were like yo come on man spit on it he ripped it but he was just like come on man like there's a disconnect and there should be right because everything grows and progresses hmm. so that's why i worry about it because now some of the faces we're starting to see like post malone and shit and we've been seeing that with macklemore it's been slow but it's starting to get more we got whack rappers like iggy azalea post malone and i think post malone's whack i'm sorry i know people like that white iverson shit that shit was trash like it, the song was good but he's 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 out of here mm-hmm. you know but, you know seriously mm-hmm. and, and i think we do this to ourselves time and time again when it comes to i forgot the i forgot the music we do this to ourselves time and time again when when we create something and people want to come in and partake in it we don't teach them like sure you can partake in this like they do in hollywood but these are our rules mm-hmm. and that's partially because we don't own the labels and you know but I do, I say all that to say that I do agree with um, Will I Am at this point. I just took me a little time to think on it. And I do think rap is in danger because, yeah, Joey Badass and Currency will always be able to, you know, hit the streets and Joy, uh, Freddie, Freddie Gibbs and all them. They'll be able to do the real rap shit. But that's not what's on Billboard charts. That's not what the simple-minded 16-year-old is seeing. He's not seeing Freddie Gibbs at the top of his charts. In the 90s, he might have. But now he won't. He's seeing Lil Xan, and I don't even know if Lil Xan's at the top of the charts, but Lil Peep. And I'm not knocking Lil Peep. I'm not knocking these dudes. I'm just saying that's where the disconnect comes. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I do. like I said, um, 
Yeah, hip hop might be in a little bit of danger, like all the rest of our art forms, because we haven't, as black people, we haven't learned to be, to not share, because we share everything, and, and 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 we haven't learned to not share. And I know that sounds very bad, but it's real, because once hip hop is dead, then we have to come up with something new. Because once hip hop dies, it's because at the end of the day, no matter if if you're a black artist and you're a white artist, you make the same music, the white artist is gonna sell more to you. So eventually, as white more white rappers come up. They're going to stop signing black rappers because they don't need it. It's not going to matter about the authenticity of the music and where it's coming from because we've allowed so much bullshit into the culture that people are going to be able to just, you're going to see a whole bunch of Takashi 6 ix running around selling you rap music, mm. you know? And that's what I feel. And people are going to be able to pass that off as real, just like in the 60s. A lot of people don't know the Rolling Stones and them used to go to the Chicago studios and study Chicago blues with the dudes that made it, but you never, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I'm not, like once again, I'm not trying to knock people white people that like blues music or like blues music or like rock and roll or or jazz but the thing about it is in this racist society that we live in you know we eventually get squeezed out of our own shit because at the end of the day we live in capitalism and dollars make sense so a white artist is always gonna be able to sell more than a black artist regardless feel me mm. and so like like with dr dre and them in the 90s they was rapping some of the same similar type stuff that eminem was rapping in the late 90s early 2000s they sold five million eminem went diamond so it's always going to be that that um, disparity because, you know, white people go to shop for white people, ultimately. And if they don't need you to sell this product, then that's what it's going to be. So that, yeah, that does have me a bit worried because, like, dang, I like, man, I love hip hop. You know what I'm saying? That's what gives me the energy when you're in the gym or when you just feeling stressed out. Like some of the energy from some of the, from the rappers past, man, it gets you through just like any music, you know, but um. Uh, I assume that if hip hop does die, there'll be something else. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. All right. So now I want to switch lanes. Hold on a second. Let me get my tablet correct. Let me get my tablet right. Hey, my tablet's tripping. Okay, because I got my notes here. So yeah, I want to change lanes a minute and talk about um, what you expect from the show. We did that before earlier but now things have changed because we're more episodes in and we have more people listening so we want to reinforce uh what people can expect from the show uh one thing i want for my listeners to take away from this show is that history matters because a lot of times when you go through school and you hear history you hear it as dates and old white men who did things that at the moment you don't really give a damn about. You try to go home and play Xbox or whatever. And then once you get out of school or in college, you're trying to, when you study or have to take a history class, you're just worried about passing the class so you can get a job. So you're not, nobody really, like most people, I'm not going to say nobody because we have historians. Most people do not study history. Um, And the reason why I, f- I want to stress to people that are going to listen to this podcast that history matters is because history provides the context. History po- provides detail. And if people were clearly were, were, were to look and search, uh, we would answer a lot of the questions that we have. A lot of the questions that we have, especially as black people, we wonder why things are the way they are and how did they get to be. Yo, the answer's in the history book, man. And, and for what the history book does say and also what it doesn't say. Most importantly, I want the listeners to understand that human history studies, history studies human behavior. And that's all that is. It is through history. It's just a record of human behavior, what time period, who they were and what they did. And what you see, the more you study, the more you go from ancient history, the more you go from Middle Age history, the more you go to um, current history is that human behavior does not change at all. It's just 
technology that changes. So a lot of times I remember being in Korea one time and talking to one of my friends and trying to explain to him how deep the game was as far as racism and things like that. And he pretty much was like, well, you know, things are different now and you really have nothing to buffer that argument with the whole things are different now argument. You have nothing to buffer with, but that time is gone by. But if you don't understand history, then you won't understand anything. You won't understand the context in which you exist and what you in which you as individual are standing here at the place of where you're at right now. If you do not understand history, it will none of it will make sense to you. You will assume and be fed anything that anybody tells you, i.e. CNN on TV, the news. I mean, CNN, Fox News, whoever else, entertainment channel. They don't even talk about nothing. Um, So. When I kick what I kick on here, because I'm going to kick a lot of uh, maybe some people would say controversial things on here. When I kick when I kick on here, I want people to understand that there is precedent to it and that I have precedent. You know what I mean? I've done some reading or I have read in the past and I see something that's happening present day that reminds me of that. So if I bring come on the episode and I'm talking about something I'm and I'm using history as a backdrop, it's because it's happened and it's a factual, you know. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Yes. Um, an example of something that I'm talking about when I say that um, we can use history to use examples. If you look at the O.J. Simpson case, right? And I know that's an old one. And I used to believe that O.J. was guilty of the murders of Nicole Brown's sister. Why did I believe that, though? That's the question. The question is not whether you believe something. It's why do you believe it? Why did I believe it? I believed it because every show I watched, it was always insinuated that OJ did it, even down to the, the People vs. OJ, which is on Netflix. Y'all can check that out yourself. ESPN did a documentary. I watched that. I watched uh, other documentaries, too, on Internet and stuff like that about the whole about OJ. And they always insinuate that the, 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 it's always presented as as if he did it. So the more you read and the more you study, you realize like, yo, black men be getting framed for things that they didn't do for years. Like this is this is a normal occurrence in American history. Back Emmett Till is a name that comes to mind. But even before Emmett Till, there's a lot of brothers. Fred Hamden got killed by the cops. There's a lot of brothers that get killed or jailed for things that they didn't do. So when you look at the OJ case more, more um, intricately and you search in the backgrounds of the people involved and they talk about um Nicole Brown Simpson, the whole time when you watch any of the documentaries that you watch, any of the documentaries that you watch that came out within like the past two or three years, they never talk about Nicole Brown Simpson. Not really. They just show her picture, the blonde hair, this the 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 innocent look. They don't show they don't they don't tell you anything about her. They don't tell you about her drug addiction. They don't tell you about how she used to get around in the neighborhood. They don't tell you about the dude that got killed with her, the Ron Goldman. They don't tell you about that other people died at the restaurant that they worked at there's no there's a lot of information that's just left out it's just oj did it his blood was found all over the place and you know hey he got away with it and that's what they're made that's what they make us to believe about our own self and naturally the good thing about black people in the 90s was black people were on it and they was like nah 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 nah, nah. oj didn't do it but as time goes on they've been able to reinforce that stereotype and keep reinforcing that oj did it oj did it oj did it make really make the world hate the man you know what i'm saying and when you add it all up together it doesn't make sense. And I'm not really trying to relitigate the case, but it took me a while because I was one of those people that believe like, man, OJ did the shit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just what, I don't know. It's just, when you when, they, when people start talking about blood and empirical things, it's easy for you to 
like just believe it because it's like come on man it's blood and how what are the odds that the blood got there and stuff like that but then number one for those of you that watch the documentary you know that the case was already mishandled all the evidence in the case was mishandled not to mention they put a racist cop on the stand which is interesting but before all of that what what, what got me and got me on a more on a more fundamental level more simplistic level that made me feel like a complete idiot was the simple fact that like what these people in essence wanted you to believe about oj simpson was that he woke up upset about whatever she had a new boyfriend his ex-wife had a new boyfriend whatever new man that she was having sex with they want you to believe that he woke up that day hung out with her hung out with the kids went to the dance recital they want you to believe that before he caught a flight an hour before he caught a flight relative approximately an hour before he caught a flight this man set out to kill her and only her ended up killing two people one of them being a 25 year old man and this man is what's what amounts to in effect a combat veteran because of all his injuries from collisions in football. And you want me to believe that this man set out to kill one pe- one person, killed two people, one of them put up a struggle, and there's no marks, there's no blood, there's no bruising on his face, there's no nothing. His finger was cut. He said it was from a glass, but the gloves that he put on weren't cut. You know what I'm saying? The 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 um um the cop that they put on the stand was racist and admitted to planting evidence. It just was a big farce. If I was me, and it, it reminded me of like a 1910, 1915, 1876, 1873 lynching, where they just say, "Yo, this dude did this." A white woman, or even like Emmett Till, a white woman say, "Oh, well, this he whistled at me," and white men just come and they kill you, and it's because she said it. And what 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 scares me is that black people, we've gotten to a point with the social media, especially with the advent of social media, where the media could just tell us that something happened. Like, I'll, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but the Cosby situation. Cosby raped 60 women. He raped 60 women. He raped 60 women. So you're just seeing, most people don't read articles. Most people just see headlines. So they just seen the headline like, oh, 60 women. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, wow. It wouldn't be, even me, I struggle with it. Like sitting like, hey, dude, 60 women. That's a, Would they all be lying? Would they all be lying? And I had to ask, my, I had to ask myself, answer the question. No, they might not all be lying, but when there's money involved, stuff gets funny. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And not only that, not only that, with the sixty uh, women, Bob Bill Cosby, he wasn't even tried for sixty women. He was on court. He was on trial for one woman. Mm. But people, people don't pay attention to those things, and that's why I, um, I say history matters because if you're not paying attention to the history of the United States and things that have happened to you, us black people as a people. You'll be you'll be you'll fall for the for the banana in the tailpipe every time they'll be able to point and define any black man or woman as they choose. And you're going to go for it because they have you believe they have you warped up and thinking that you're part somehow of this um, experiment, so to speak. You know, so I mean, that's just that's just how I feel. I, I want my listeners, if there's anything that you take away from this podcast, take away that history matters. When people start talking to you about the past, it's not just to tell you how things were, at least not gonna say people when i'm talking to you about history i'm not talking to you just to tell you about things that happen i'm giving you real life events because human behavior does not change you know what i'm saying if you you would not a lot of people a lot of black people would still believe racism exists if there was wood panels on everything and we were still riding wagons if in 2018 we still had wagons all black people would still be on cold but because we have iphones and tablets and train systems and the gladiating is not about slaves fighting for their life it's about fighting for uh playing nfl for glory we, we we're disconnected from history is always going to be happening so i think that yeah. what people really need to keep into perspective is the fact that you are history like whatever five seconds ago like you were just history yeah so yeah you read your textbooks and things and those pictures may be in black and white but i'm sure like your 
great great grandparents like were living during whatever time period you're probably looking at. So yeah. it's just like our lynchings just... now have only upgraded themselves from ropes to handguns. And For real, like you said, it's and economics. Not... It's economics. It's not so. Yeah, yes. guns. That's one way. It's one guns are one way, but it's economics now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So if you are a brother who gets a lot of paper. You know, you're a target. No, oh, yeah, no so doubt. So that's what it is. Um, next, though, moving on, transitioning. I want to talk to, um, still talking to directly to black people. If you are not black, you can continue to listen, and I, and this stuff applies to you too. But I want to ask um, black people, my black listeners, a real rhetorical question. It doesn't need answer, just thought and action. But I want to ask, why are we not more militant? Piggybacking on what I said just a second ago about history. When you look back at our, since we, since the first black person arrived, documented black person, well, documented by white people, black person arrived in Jamestown in 1619 and go all the way up to present day. If you study that, that's one question that comes to mind. To me, at least, is why are we not more militant and when i talk about military i'm not talking about guerrilla warfare black panther style per se i'm not talking about get your guns and follow the cops around in your neighborhood per se what i'm talking about is more and more shrewd capitalism really i'm talking about becoming black capitalists our black dollar going to the next black man or 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 um woman like i said i'm not talking about when you hear me say when, when, you, when you're thinking of this question, I'm not asking black people to take up arms against the United States government. I don't agree with that. Actually, my, my politics on that is black people are about as American as everybody else. You know what I'm saying? We were here before America became officially a nation. Uh, Christmas Addicts was the first one to die in the Revolutionary War. You know what I'm saying? S- the Civil War was fought over the issue of slavery, not to free the slaves as a lot of us have been miseducated or somehow through some weird ahistorical osmosis we begin to believe that like somehow white people just had this moral epiphany and wanted slavery to be gone that's not what happened man there's still white people today that want your black ass to slave y'all need to chill yes but so that's why i ask when i when i when i look at history real estate dealings um if you okay most the most recent historical thing that's happened in american history is the great recession Mm-hmm. Um, the one that happened back t- like about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 2007, 2008. What popped that off the most? The real estate bubble. Who was more affected by that than anybody else? Black Americans. Mm-hmm. Why? Due to predatory lending. Why? Why? What? Oh, is, that, is predatory lending new? No. When the black migration happened in the 1910s up to the 1940s, there was a lot of predatory, predatory lending going on when black people were going up to Chicago and L.A. This is part of the game. So when I study these things, when I look at these things, I'm spending my personal time and I'm trying to get more um, intelligence on how so so I can figure out how to move out here. My main that's that's the, always the question that comes to mind for me is why are we not more militant? These people have used dirty real estate practices against us. They've used the law against us. Yes, the law. Y'all know that they've used the military against us. They bombed us. They've done a lot of things differently to different Groups of black people, maybe not you. Listen, they maybe still not do you. all Hold those on, today. hold on, hold on. Maybe not you or your clan or maybe the specific white people that you work with specifically. No, but guess what? White supremacy, the thing that we are, the thing that we live in right now, was built off of our labor. That's not That's not to say, that's not to, um, that's also beating a dead horse. But we've also been excluded from it at every turn. You know what I'm saying? We've, it's, we've been, laws have been legislated to keep us back. So like I said, as somebody who's, 
wanting to become a historian who who studied history and is studying history i don't understand why we're not more militant due to uh, um the fact that no matter what party democratic republican whig whatever it was at the time whether it be present day or 150 years ago they were anti-black they did not want black people to have anything especially money mm-hmm. now what were you gonna say oh uh, what i was gonna say is uh to keep it more modern there's still white flight going on right now yep However, right now it's reversing. So in lieu of uh, certain Caucasians going out into the suburbs, now they're moving back in and pushing everyone out. They're going into uh, yeah. gentrification. Yeah. yeah, they're moving gentrification. white people moving poor back to the suburbs. Yeah, are you know going out to food deserts, being pushed further out because the land is cheaper out there, and that's just how they feel like doing it right now. Uh, what's more than that is if you look at I lost my thought. I should have said it when I had it on the tip of my tongue. Well, but that's that's just my thing. When I'm getting back onto the topic of militancy, I just want us to just think about. Like I said, I don't I don't need you know people to to think that I'm talking about guns and warfare. I just want people to understand that militancy is um it is a I guess an aggressive combativeness. But when I think of militancy, I think about somebody who is sticking to what they believe, standing on their square, and doing what you know is. I don't want to say expected or asked of them, just doing what they know is right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and so once again, I don't, somebody needs to explain to me that after all the history and of all the years of the police violence, the lynchings, the legislation, the racist legislation, miscegenation laws, all this stuff, why we are still a people who are pleading and protesting and protesting is not the problem. When you're protesting and you're pleading and you're begging for white people to see you as human, listen, y'all, it ain't happened 150 years ago. It ain't going to happen now. It's up to us to stand on our square to build ourselves up um, emotionally, uh, economically, and, you know, in other ways, literally, too, if you want to go to the gym. It's okay. Just, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, recently, the Florida Supreme Court has ruled that police officers now... Yeah, I talked about this last episode. Allowed, yeah, they're allowed to use, like, the Sandra Ground law. Yeah. That's just another example I didn't want to point yeah, out. Yeah, basically, yeah. That, no, that is another example so, of something that's happening in real time that most black people are not paying attention to. Because and I talked about this on my last episode, mm-hmm. they're not paying attention to it because we're watching football, we're watching the Kardashian show, we're watching Love and Hip Hop, we're watching Empire, we're doing whatever the hell else, playing video games. We're not paying attention mm-hmm. to what's happening to us. So when she, when your little, when you have kids, cause some of my, some of the listeners that I know or listen have kids. When your little kids grow up and they go into the white schools and these teachers are suspending them every week because your kid, you know, made a farting noise in class and they kicked him out of class. You know what I'm saying? And, and wrote him up. And your kid doesn't get a good education because he's been suspended. Or so, so many times that he can't, um, and he, they end up in jail. You're gonna wonder why. You're gonna and, or when some of these things happen to us when when we don't understand the laws. When when how could they just do that to us? How could they just do that to you? Because they're making a law to say that they can just do that to you. Mm-hmm. They literally have yeah, like you. I'm happy you brought that back. They literally have just made a law that gave cops even more immunity. I don't understand what. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm just still shocked by that because I don't I did, I thought cops already had a stand your ground. I said that last week. I'm gonna say that again this week. I don't know how to process this because I thought cops already had a stand your ground law. I thought it was already insinuated that if a cop, well, listen, because that's what happened. Didn't know, on, now you know. But that's what, yeah, true. But that's what happened with uh, Darren Wilson with, with with Michael Brown and Ferguson. That's what set Ferguson off and had them burning stuff down and allegedly had black activism peaking. Mm-hmm. Was the fact that a cop said, "Yo, I feel threatened for my life." 
That's standard law right there. So Florida just reinforcing a law that's already been controversial. Listen, man, just being white is a standard law already. So standard all they yes, all they did was just put it on paper. Like I think is like if you're paying attention, like as clear as day. All they did was put, put their it on skin paper. on paper. Exactly. It's white. I'm white, and I say so. And because and every time they say so, black people, because we're dumb as hell, we just believe them. You know what I'm saying? They tell us that OJ. They tell us that OJ killed that white woman. Oh, we believe it. They tell us that uh, um, Bill Cosby's a sexual assaulter. We believe him. We don't say nothing. We don't make no bones about it. Ain't nobody doing nothing about Harvey Weinstein. Like I said, I even brought up. The, I even bring up the whole Roman Polanski thing. Y'all notice when they kick Bill Cosby out the academy, the little academy organization or whatever they have, they mm-hmm. kick Roman Polanski out too. And y'all might not even notice the name Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski, this dude was convicted of raping an underage girl back in the seventies. He fled country. He got he he paid his bail and fled the country. And he was he's been in the the, the Oscar Academy Guild or whatever the hell it is for forty some odd years. But it took a black man to get him kicked out. And y'all still y'all still playing around. Y'all still think this is a game. This ain't a game. Mm. That's very true. Very no, true. it is, and then, and the thing, and, and and moving on, so we can keep the show progressive. To keep the to keep the theme of the show progressive, I want people to understand also how things evolve, because we tend to think that because racism isn't in its present form, that it doesn't exist, and it's not as sinister and insidious as it is. We think because we're not on a plantation sleeping in a slave shack, that massa, so to speak, don't have control over us. They do, and we need to stand up, and we need to be lock eyes with one another, and lock step with one another. Because when you think about it, when you look at the plantation system, what was the plantation system? It was literally, okay, a free labor system. Okay, we got that. But what was going on? People had food to eat. People had clothes. People had shelter. Your, your, your employer, so to speak, because you worked for the planter that you worked for, was taking care of everything you needed. So since I, since I brought up the Civil War a little bit, I'm going to talk touch a little bit why the Civil War started. The Civil War did not start because of um, moral epiphany. It started because... There was the slave labor system in the South. There was the free labor system in the North. The Northern people, America was expanding, gaining more territory. And people in America, the the um, Northerners were like, yo, we don't want a slave labor system perpetuating itself out into new territory. It wasn't about it wasn't about slavery is wrong and and these black people don't need to be beneath us. That's not what it was about. It was about, yo. When California becomes a state, I don't want black people to be able to go out there and work the land and make this one rich white man money. I want to be able to go work the land myself as a white man and come up in the game. Mm-hmm. That's what it was about. It wasn't there wasn't freeing us to 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 right a, a wrong. No, but some of us somehow we've been miseducated to believe that this was about. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, the abolitionist. This was an abolitionist led movement. No, the hell it wasn't. It was a political maneuvering by a president who was trying to preserve a union. Mm-hmm. This was it, it was nothing more than that. That's how we got our freedom as a byproduct of a civil war between two people. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like children. It's like we're like, like we were treated like the bastard child. Like, okay, yeah, you go do your y'all. Yeah, okay, y'all get your freedom because you know we we can't figure out our issues. So, but until we figure out our issues, y'all can have your freedom. But the northern people, as y'all know, well, I guess y'all maybe a lot of people don't know, they didn't want black people coming up north. The southern people wanted blacks subjugated in the in the south. And basically, let me get back on topic, though, when I speak about evolution. So I just, just a little history lesson as far as the Civil War, for those that didn't know it. The Civil War was not ever, 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 ever about, hey, how about these slaves? These slaves should be free. No, this shit was about, yo, we don't want slavery to expand past the South, past Texas. If it goes any further past Texas, that's a problem. If it goes into Missouri, Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, it's a problem. Well, not Michigan, but Oregon, Washington, all them states, Utah, it's a problem. So don't, and that's, and, and, and that's why I say history's, 
important. And the that little bit of context right there, that little line about uh, that little tidbit of knowledge, knowing that the Civil War was not about your freedom. That should let you know a lot about where, why we are where we are today. And that's why I speak about evolution once again. So when the plantation, so when, so when we did get our emancipation, we were into in a free labor system, meaning that black people, you know, we had to go work to get what we got, to get what we, to get what we earned. How did, what happened with that? We still didn't own any land. We didn't own any tools. We didn't own any physical capital. We didn't own any, like I said, we didn't own anything to help to any means of production to produce for ourselves. So we ended up still being sharecroppers, which is just today working the same nine to five. We all sharecropping today. It's the same concept. Nothing changes. We tend to think things change because I'm not digging a hole. But if you're showing up at your computer desk, your little cubicle, that would be, in essence, your little plot of land if you were sharecropper. You know what I'm saying? When you get paid, them bills that you got to pay all the time, because that's another thing. We think because um, we're not slaves and we're making paper, that means that we are free. But it's not the case when when you get paid, not only does the tax man get his money, but you got to pay all your bills and you got to pay whatever else. So you end up, it's, it's the same concept. You end up with little to nothing. And that's the, that's the major of capitalism. We don't live in equalitism. Everybody wants to talk about equality and all this other shit that's imaginary. It's imaginary. It don't exist. We live in capitalism. If you have capital, human capital, physical capital, capital, money, do you, do you demand? If you don't have it, you're not the man. And all this legislating and people protesting, crying for equality, that doesn't exist. The equality that you want, you get it out your own ass. You get it out your body. You feel me? Mm -hmm. You work hard, people People will recognize that. But we, but as black people, we've been trained that, yo, we go to massa for something. Because we come from a plantation system. And that's another thing. People tend to be like, yo, black people, we've been ripped away from our history. We've been ripped away from um, all that we know. That is true. We have been ripped away from our ancestral history. But we've been given a culture. We definitely have a culture in the United States. And, it's and the problem is that you haven't even, as black people collectively, we haven't even learned to... We haven't even learned to learn the culture that was given to us as far as like finances and stuff like that. Well, we don't know we, because at the very we, least operate at the at the we operate at the bare minimum. We should be operating above that because we have been here for a long time, just yeah. as you know, white people have been. So you would think that it would behoove some people to sit there, do some research, learn how to get your game up. But we don't do that. No, um, it's not even that. I'm not. Even, I'm. Um, I forgot where I was going with. I was going with oh the evolution and um. We spoke about the evolution of lynching a little bit earlier, but I just want to talk about the evolution of the plantation system. Like I said before, if you don't own means of production as a man or even a woman, you don't own yourself. So me, all y'all, most of y'all out there listening, I can't speak for everybody out there listening. Most of y'all out there listening, we don't own ourselves because we don't own our own means of production. So yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? You can get a high paying job and go finance uh, uh, whatever car you want and pay the rent pay your rent and pay your car payment every month and then if your company downsizes due to whatever the case may be you're gonna be out there fit figuring out how you're gonna pay for all this stuff and that's the game now that's the new slavery the new slavery is not chattel they don't need you to be a chattel slave per se because they got your financial habits they got your spending habits so if you spend like a motherfucker or you spend like a fool they know they go they know you're gonna always need a job from them because you always need to pay your bills so that's how things evolve. So when we talk about slavery, everybody likes to talk about things, words in a literal sense. And that's the key. That's why we always follow. That's why we're finding behind in this game against white supremacy, because they use words very cleverly. I spoke about last week, the words they use very cleverly when they were talking about the police, when they're talking about what defines a cop. They said a person who was on or off duty and is making or not making arrests. What? How do you define? How? What? 
how does a cop have authority when he's not making an arrest on the street and could kill me with Im- immunity and just go to the jail? I was scared for my life. I'm a cop. But you guys, not you guys, people won't notice that. And a lot of people out there, a lot of you listening probably didn't even notice that or didn't know that or don't even catch up on the little games that the white supremacists play. It's a game. They use words. They don't want us to win. I was reading the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago. And they were talking about how they were measuring the wealth of the, the health of the economy. And they were saying that uh, they were judging how uh, how people felt when they say people, they're talking about white people in general. And they were talking about how how people felt about th- their confidence. And a lot of people felt like it was like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, it was political parties. And it's how each political party felt about um, the economy. And it's like Democrats, 70 some percent of Democrats felt like the economy was straight because they were doing better than blacks. And then like 90 percent of Republicans felt like they were they were doing the economy was fine because they were doing better than black people. And this is what they printed in the Wall Street Journal. Like this is not something that I made up. Like I'm reading this in a syndicated, you know, what I'm saying corporation owned publication. They are measuring their their better. They're measuring their wealth, how well they're doing based on how bad we do. Why is that? Why is that? Because this game is all about competition. This country's always been about competition. To understand American history, you have to understand European history. You have to understand the conquering mentality of these people that come over here. And that's why I want to speak directly to what black men when I say, once again, why are we not more militant? Why are we not standing on our square? And there are a lot of black people that are doing this. But I'm talking to the brothers that I know, people that I've come in contact with, the people that are in, um, that are going to listen to this podcast. If it applies to you, it apply, then this this is for you. Why are we not more militant? Why are we not sticking to what we want to do in life? Because that's what these white men do. That's all they do. That's what Coca-Cola is. That's all, you know, ho- these hotel chains are. Somebody with an idea that pressed it out. And that's what we got to do. We're doing it a lot. Black businesses are up. Yahoo, you know what I'm saying, reported on that. And that's another thing that I want to talk about. Yahoo was talking about how black businesses are up. And that's cool. But even in that, black people don't own Yahoo. So who's watching? That's what I'm trying to tell you. White people are watching us, dog. They watch what we get in our business up. They watch what we get our money game right. This game is not, this game is very deep. And we need to understand that we're going to have to step up to the plate as black people and understand that we can't be turning, we, we can't turn our anger and frustration in on one another. It's been given through us from a slave culture. It's been passed down to us. So all that anger you feel, if you feel that, for another black man, that's not, that's not normal. That's due to uh, hatred that's been passed down to you through osmosis, man. And I know this sounds crazy. It might sound crazy. It might not. But I'm telling you, man, when you study history and you see the game, you see how we've always been excluded. When when black veterans come back from fighting wars, man, overseas, World War II, World War I, you know what I'm saying? They get spit on and all that. And then we still want to act like it was back then. It's not back then. It's today now. These are the grandfathers and uncles of the people that we go to work with and went to school with. And we want to act like things are different. Things are not different. So we got to get on our square. Whatever your dream is, whatever it is that you want to hustle and do, we got to make sure that we do it because it's now or never really because we all we got in this country. We're a marooned group of people. You know what I'm saying? And we don't have any protection under the law. If you believe we do, you're a fool. You know what I'm saying? So we have to make our own protection. We have to, like I said, get an economic base. We have to follow our dreams. If, it, if you want to create a new restaurant, whatever it be, I'm doing this podcast, whatever it is to get yourself economically independent please do and believe in what you're doing because um it's gonna matter man it's gonna matter uh, we, we live in a system that in a country that's never really had no love for us they've never had no any use for us except for doing uh things for them so if you're entertaining them while you're telling a joke or singing on an album playing football yeah they got use for you as long as you're not being too political too radical you know what i'm saying but if you want something for you 
it, it, it it's a problem. So I just want to make sure that I say that, man. Understand the evolution of, of, of racism. Understand the history of your country and the context in which you exist in at this present day. And more than lastly, and keep the question in your mind of why you're not more militant. If you're a black person out there and you and this question is sticking in your mind is something that sticks with you, then please just mull it over and ask yourself these questions. Also, look up some of the stuff I'm saying. Historically, like I said, this is not just me just rambling off the top of my mind. Um, this is just research and data. And the last thing I want to say before I get out of here is believe in yourself. If you're going to start an endeavor to get your independence financially, um, not even really financially, really, we're talking about time and getting your time um, because we as black people, we believe in a lot. We believe in um, Jesus. We believe in the government. We believe in the goddamn Democratic Party, which I'll talk about that on another episode. I don't even know why we believe in them so goddamn much. And all I'm asking, all I want black people to do, if you're black, man or woman, gay, straight, transgender, it doesn't matter to me. If you're listening to this podcast, I just want you to, I just want to ask you one, I just want you to, I'm not ask you a question, I just want you to believe in yourself and whatever you, whatever it is you want to do. If you want to become a, the next great manager at your company, okay, that's fine too. But believe in what you're doing because we've been so downtrodden and taught not to believe in ourselves and taught not to trust one another as a people that our confidence is shaken, our spirit is broken as a people. So we have to begin to repair that. So that we can be, begin to see the world as as we're supposed to see it, holistically. You know what I'm saying? As a unit. Because we are a unit. Whether you want to or not. And yo, yeah, like last night I was watching the, um, I was watching the animal, not animal planet, but yeah, uh, Hunt, The Hunt, I think it was called. On, on, in, on one of those nature shows on Netflix. And there was these little monkeys in the rainforest. And they were all, they were all, um... Individual, individual monkeys they they would they would compete with monkeys of the same race over food they will you know what i mean every monkey spread out they would get their little tree or whatever they would eat their vines and they knew like hey don't mess with that monkey that's his food and if they mess with each other they have to fight but when a snake came slithering up to try to kill one of the monkeys they all came together and made a little chirping noise and scared the monkey away and that's what i want black people to be i don't want to use the term monkey because that's kind of you know but you get what i'm saying i want us to come together when there's somebody in our midst there's somebody around us that isn't that doesn't have our best interest or trying to smear us or trying to define us and tell us who we are like i said you see it every day you see it in one um like on the usa today last week the boy kareem kareem hunt he got in trouble for the little altercation that he had with the white girl and she was crying talking about how he assaulted her and all this other stuff but she doesn't know why they heard him his friend wanted to have sex with her they didn't want to have sex and they skipped the media's totally skipped over the entire part where she was banging on his door calling him a nigga because obviously that doesn't matter because hey and the next week you see an article in usa today where they're writing about the legacy of this man's family about his great uncle who's a criminal his granddad was a criminal like what does that have to do with this moment here this isolated moment what is the legacy of his family's criminality which is probably due to white supremacy and economic deprivation but what does that have to do with what he's in trouble for and who he is as a man? This man is a prof- was a professional NFL player of the highest order who had never been in any trouble. But he don't get the benefit of the doubt. But when Brock Turner raped the white girl, he got the benefit of the doubt. So I'm telling you, man, y'all need to watch the game because it gets deep, you know. And I'll be back to talk, chop it up with y'all on Wednesday. But, yes, those are the things I want y'all to come away with after you listen to the show. History matters because context matters. Black people. I need you to ask yourselves why you're not more militant, why we are not more militant, why we are not more aggressive and 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 
you know, aggressively sticking together as a group. I want people to understand the evolution of white supremacy and racism. It ain't gone nowhere. Barack Obama was just a white supremacist president in blackface. I'm going to steal that one. Because <laughs> that's what he was, man. What? Yes, Barack Obama was a white supremacist president in blackface. And uh, you don't agree with that because why? I, I, I can't even get into this. Just keep going. <laughs> and lastly, just believe in yourself because we believe in so much of everything else that, you know, we never make time to believe in ourselves and search ourselves for some of the answers that we seek. You know, when life comes down to time and energy and whatever you spend your time doing and put your energy to, that's what you're going to reap. So just think about that, man. It's not about, you know, don't get caught up so much in the physical world of what you go through day to day. I understand that that's a that's that that it's a grind and that it's a struggle every day to keep your head up and keep your head above water and be focused because, you know, but um, make sure you do that. And also tune into the Veteran Minority Podcast because we're coming at you twice a week, Monday, Wednesday. I'm going to be talking sports. We're definitely going to have fun. It's not going to be, you know, morose and, and, and morbid all the time, but it will be that because I need that. I need I need to always make sure I'm, I'm when if I'm getting people's ears, I need to make sure that I'm that I have a message and that um, people are learning something from me because I don't just want to be here for 100 percent entertainment value because that's whack. So once again, thank you guys for listening to the Veteran Minority Podcast. We'll holler at you on Wednesday. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, if you're a SoundCloud person. Um, I post it on my Facebook and my Twitter. Until next time, y'all. Peace.